0: Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm
1: Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast. And I steal it back.
0: Okie dokies, Today we are starting the fifth season with 501 The Big Bird Job. Beth, what did you think?
1: I'm a big fan of this big bird. Oh. And by big bird I mean the episode I could not care less about the plane actually. But <laughs> <laughs> I fucking loved this episode. I'm so excited <laughs> that you loved this episode. I don't know if it's just because like...
0: You miss leverage.
1: Yeah, well, for like behind the podcast curtain, you know, behind the scenes bits. We haven't really recorded Leverage for a few weeks after the season four finale because it's been the writer's strike and we've been trying to work on some bonus content. Not that that's really coming together very well. <laughs> but, you know, we've been trying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, working on other stuff, live stuff's happens, and we thought, well, it doesn't really matter if we don't record because we can't release. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if it's just because I haven't really watched Leverage in about four weeks mm-hmm. and I've just missed it mm-hmm. or what. But I can tell you, so many of my notes are in all caps. There is lots of cry laughing emojis. There's crying face emojis. There's just I miss them and I love them and it was a good time. I'm obsessed. Yeah, like that's my notes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I do want to start off with a joke that I did write specifically for you. Oh, um, for me. It's the scene in the elevator with Elliot and his friend when they're recounting, yes. and he goes, "I don't remember you being that tall." And that is just literally <laughs> anyone on the set of the CW Supernatural. <laughs>
1: Okay, I do love that.
0: How do you feel about their holidays though?
1: Obsessed. Obsessed. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love that. Okay, I want to talk about them all mm-hmm. individually. Yeah, let's number, go. Number one, um, it's season five and they've graduated from mid episode car ads to beginning of episode boat ads and mm-hmm. I think that's yep. hilarious. Mm-hmm. Sailor Nate was not on my bingo card.
0: <laughs> he went to sea and got Zen. Yeah, and oh, I kind of love it.
1: Just me or was Nate looking good this episode mm-hmm. I'm confused I remember in season 4 I was like why does he suddenly not look funny
0: yeah like season 5 Nate is goofy... no that the happiest he has ever been and
1: I love it like it's it comes through like at no point did he wear a silly hat like mm-hmm. I feel like all through seasons 1 2 and 3 like when he's at his like darkest he's really volatile well he mm-hmm. has quite a goofy kind of mm-hmm. look and I mean that in terms of like his fashion like obviously like Timothy Hutton looks the same like he has not in himself you know changed but I feel like the way that he holds himself like his posturing Mm -hmm. and the type of clothes that he is being styled in and stuff and his hair Mm -hmm. has changed and it's so interesting to me because I'm like I swear to god if I saw a picture of Nate from the pilot and Nate from the first episode of season five different character Mm -hmm. like they're the same man same actor same everything but they're different like nate now has this like centered calmness so he's in control of not only like the crew but also himself which is like i think has really started to show in like mid-season four when he had that meeting with um i don't want to say latimer but i feel like it's oh Mal. dubinich no not dubinich um he was like in the back porch of that rich guy who was like spying on them and that's he, latimer oh it is latimer yeah he you drank. were correct i was okay. like if, if
0: she doesn't think it's Latimer, the oh only God. other, like, overarching... is No, I, doing it. I, I, couldn't,
1: I couldn't think of his name. I could only see his face. But, like, from that episode, I think, was maybe the first time I commented on that. I was like, Nate looks good. Mm-hmm. Nate is in, like... He was in, like, a tailored suit jacket. Mm-hmm. Like, very suave. And, like, in this episode, he's wearing a fucking Bond suit. Like I said, like, Timothy Hutton looks the same.
0: Like, yeah. It's not... His it's face a, has not changed. Yeah. It's he's a classic seen- case of, like... Confidence is key. He's finally settled into like accepting his identity, accepting who he is. He's accepted the fact that he's in love with Sophie, which like Sophie's been new the entire time. Everyone has been new. Everyone's (laughs) been new. He was in denial pretty hardcore. And so like now they're settled, and I don't think it's really all that shocking to say like them kissing at the start of the episode is essentially they're in a relationship now. They're, yeah. They're, they're all of not. the... Con- they're no longer, like, you know, fuck buddies or friends with Bennys, I think is how Hardison yes. describes them in season four. Um, we also get the confirmation that Hardison Partisan. and Parker are dating. I um, And so they it. went on a around-the-world trip, and you can tell Parker planned it because every stop was literally like, can we...
1: Here's my thought. Okay. ...jump from this building. Here's my thought. I think that is actually Partisan's version of a... Watch the word I'm looking for? that starts with a C, not cooperation. uh, Compromise. Compromise, thank you. It is the partisan version of a compromise Mm -hmm. where partisan was like, hey, what if I took you on this, like, really nice romantic trip to all of these beautiful places? And Parker was like, and we jumped off buildings! And he was like, yeah! (laughs) And and that's how it happened.
0: (laughs) Wait, this is not a spoiler even slightly, but we do get confirmation later on because that is 100% correct. Mm. But... Parker does not measure their like how long they've been together in terms of like days days or months or years or like anything from the normal events, Mm -hmm. right? She she does not celebrate, you know, the day that we started dating or the first time we kissed or anything like that.
1: Anniversaries, No. No,
0: no, no, she she the anniversaries are like the anniversary of the first time I pushed Hardison off a building, <laughs> or the first time I jumped out of a plane with Hardison, or, like, that's so
1: cute. But, and you know what is so funny about that, right? Because we've talked before about how, like, Parker is very much, like, as much as Elliot, Parker, and Hardison are, like, all Sophie and Nate's kids, like, Parker mm-hmm. especially, like, very That's much, Nate's child. That's Nate's daughter, but also mm-hmm. Sophie's. Like, yeah. Parker will go to Sophie for help with mm-hmm. stuff that she will not go to the others for, right? Mm-hmm. And, but she's
0: also got that thing going on with Nate where they're, like, creepily similar yeah like like that's like a like like father like daughter sort of thing like, genuinely and that's my whole thing i'm like as much as the three of them are
1: their kids like mm-hmm. parker is actually their yeah. kid like if they genetically had a child and raised it it would be parker you yeah know? and so for me i think it is really funny to know that that's how she measures time because in this same episode when Nate is like running through like the con that he's he's done we have the line from Sophie where she's like that's the scam I used to sell the Brooklyn Bridge the year we met so romantic (laughs) which is so funny on so many levels and also the way that Nate was like
0: yeah that's the justification for this thing that I'm pulling that Hardison told me definitely don't pull
1: yeah and I it's definitely not entirely a coincidence
0: (laughs) And then we obviously get Elliot's holiday, which was going and yeah. blowing up some shit.
1: How's the kids obsessed with that?
0: I'm obsessed with a line, Tommy made varsity. varsity. <laughs> and they're like, oh, cool. Tell him I said hi. And what's so funny, you know how one of the shows that we're thinking maybe to do a podcast on next is Chuck. And I was like, Chuck is really weird because it's like if Supernatural and Leverage had a baby, right? Yeah. The guy who plays Elliot's friend in that scene is, in fact, one of the main characters in Chuck. So, like, in universe, it like, because they play very similar characters, like, that could be the same dude. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. When I tell you that, and we'll talk about, like, Chef Elliot and, like, their new location in a sec, i I'm sure, but the way that that lines up with the Supernatural universe is so funny to me. It's so
0: funny. <laughs> so, wait, that also ties into... Supernatural as well. So (laughs) like the, you know, it's all like it's all connected. You know how like there's
1: um the theory where it's just like supernatural and leverage actually occur in the same universe, and Sterling is just Crowley's like alter ego Mm -hmm. that he uses for like, yeah, interacting with like the public kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So the way that Elliot's character could also be viewed that way given like in like maybe like oh yes this is the like, thing he's worked I'm... with dean as like but he gave a fake name and then like it literally could map
0: on like that this is this is one of those things that i was like when i found out about christian kane's character in supernatural that i was like this is so funny because i know that he runs a bar in supernatural yeah and i'm
1: like yeah that's how, exactly what i was thinking how
0: do i tell beth <laughs>
1: genuinely genuinely i watched this episode and i was like oh that maps like Like, the timeline's a bit whack but mm -hmm. like if you put that to the side (laughs) you could you could squeeze it into
0: the right shape you could make it it work and i'm in love with that yeah so so chef elliot now has his own restaurant because instead of just saying i love you like a normal person hardison's like what if i baby track you with a restaurant (laughs) literally
1: literally the fucking way that hardison like reverse psychology Elliot Mm. into doing all this shit is so number one funny and number two impeccable (laughs) I I literally like it's so funny like I walked in today and I was like by the way like before we start recording just getting it out of the way leverage episode loved it and Mm -hmm. you were like really and I was like yeah this episode is
0: fanfic i'm obsessed with it <laughs> i, I want to be clear here my my reaction really was not because i disliked this episode it was just because for me this is like it's just a good episode like it's nothing that i'm like i don't go back and rewatch this episode a lot i you know like it's good i never i would never skip it on a rewatch or anything like that but like for me it's just like it's just like a leverage episode and to be fair i do love the setup of the new location and i love the fact that they're going like nope nate's place is burned like this Mm-hmm. Is FBI. This is did and the pretzel truck is yes. both Interpol and delicious. And there is yes. a fan theory that uh Sterling made sure the Interpol food truck was in fact delicious because otherwise it would not last long with Elliot, Chef Elliot yes. around. No,
1: I fucking love that. Like literally, and the delivery of that line, like Chef's
0: kiss. Out of Hodge. Back at it the a fucking Literally game. Literally
1: beautiful. Like, the pretzel car is both delicious and in default. And I was like, that is so funny. I think... I don't have, like, a running list of, like, oh, this is my favorite line from, mm-hmm. like, various shows and things. But if I did, that one would be up there. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And it's so in character. And it's just perfect. Also, oh, my God, another thing from Hanson. Sorry, my brain is all over no, the place today. Okay. It is... Just going a million miles an hour. Mm-hmm. But when Hardison calls Parker Babe, mm-hmm. obsessed with it. Yeah. Obsessed mm-hmm. with the casual use of pet names. Mm-hmm. Loved that. Gave me just so many emotions. And also, I love that they like confirm that they're dating and mm-hmm. then they're like, it's interesting, it's different, we're working it out. Like, yes, babies, I love you. I would
0: die for you. And it actually makes the scene, like two scenes earlier, so fucking funny where. But... Like, you know, Sophie's whinging to Parker about, you know, they're up here in Portland and Portland's miserable and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's rain, it's not fog. Fog is mysterious. Rain just ruins her hair.
1: Oh, my God, I know. And
0: Parker's like, it's fine, we're all here. Mm -hmm. And Sophie's like, oh, that's really sweet. She's like, yeah, me and my money, (laughs) Hardison and Elliot, you and Nate. Right. Like, her and her money always first. I know, so OTP.
1: Funny. I love that Sophie called that out. Also, okay, on that scene, number one, I had a note that she was like, "Oh, home is where the heart is. Found family. I love it. Right? And I was like, okay, that's so cute. And then they start, like, walking off, and Sophie has that, like, funny little bit where she's like, okay, but why is your money always listed before people? But then she, like, sees the, like, for a lease sign, I think, mm-hmm. on the, like, yeah. um, mm-hmm. the something rose theater. Something the faded called. rose. faded rose. Thank mm-hmm. you. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is fun. Like, we're setting up, like, Nate's clearly like, mm-hmm. and we'll get to it once we talk about the end of the episode, because, like, ooh, stuff to mention there. But, I'm, God, I'm barely breathing. I'm speaking so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just had the thought, like, Beth, you breathe.
0: This is just a ooh. side effect of the fact that Beth has now had coffee. I've had coffee. I've been awake since 6 a.m. And she also hates slow podcasts. I'm so not... you are currently getting 200 words a minute. <laughs>
1: I don't hate slow podcasts. I just, my brain is just, it's gone. I can't, I can't get it to slow down. My point is that Sophie like sees the room like for, for at least. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's really interesting. Like, obviously like Nate is getting set up for his, like, I don't know, his nautical career, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Like he's just, he's looking to vibe. He's looking to retire. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming is kind of like, again, we'll talk about this later, but I'm assuming that's kind of where this is going. Mm -hmm. Um, And I assume he's going to want to take Sophie with him because it would be weird if he didn't want that like that seems like he's finally fucking admitted that he likes her or loves her or however whatever and like it'd be weird if he was like anyway I'm gonna go on this boat and never see you again a la like <laughs> the end of the Lord of the Rings like you know I think it'd be odd so <laughs> that's kind of like where I think they're going with that like obviously Elliot regardless of like whether or not the team is still using the location like he has just been set up that he's gonna have this restaurant that he's passionate about and he loves and like you know whatever They're giving him that. They're setting up Parker and Hardison to be, like, endgame duo. Like, I mean, they've been doing it the whole Mm. time. But, like, this is concrete now. Like, we've got the, like, oh, we're dating, like, acknowledgement. You know, we're seeing them work together separately to the team. Like, that's concrete now. I think it is interesting if they're going to give Sophie her acting Mm. as her thing that she's moving into. because. At the end of the episode, Nate says like you know nothing lasts forever kind of thing or like good things you mm-hmm. know
0: and like also the theater is literally called the Faded Rose Theater
1: yeah which just feels right mm-hmm. and so I was like okay like it makes sense like that they're giving Sophie a thing like they're giving everyone a thing that is outside of the team where they can put their energy into it and put their time mm-hmm. and be happy and comfortable in an area and. It makes sense because we're going into the final season. Yeah. Like, the season is going to end with, I assume, the group no longer functioning as a cohort yeah. the way that they have been for a number of reasons. But I think it's really good that they're setting up this opportunity for growth mm-hmm. and, like, independence in a way that they can still be friends. Like, it's not going to end on them all being, like, actually, we hate each other mm-hmm. and there's some big drama. It, like, it doesn't
0: feel like they're setting it up for, like, oh, well, it's the end of the season, the final season, so every character is dead and everything's miserable. and Yeah, and...
1: I think that, like, the way that they're setting up these, like, different paths for the characters in the first episode of this season, I really like it. I yeah. really like the idea of where they're all going. I think that it's relatively obvious. Like, they're not trying to be covert about no. what they're doing here. I think it's like, yeah, like, two and two is four kind of thing. Yeah. But what is interesting is that Nate is mad. Like, he's mm. having that conversation with Sophie on the phone And obviously she's telling him, like, oh, like, this theatre that I saw, like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, like, we can't hear her side of the conversation, but, like, yeah, I think we can basically infer it. But Nate is angry. Mm -hmm. Like, or at least he's flustered. Like, he is not into that, right? And that kind of sucks for a couple of reasons. Number one, because Sophie needs a thing. Like, Mm -hmm. everyone's having a thing, and Sophie's thing can't just be Nate. Yeah. You know, Nate has a thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's different for Parker and Hardison because they are a thing together. Like, yeah that is a big deal for the both of them and they're going to move forward together. Great. Yeah. But, like, Nate has a thing that clearly Sophie's not part of. She didn't go and yeah. vote with him. No. So Sophie can't just have her thing be Nate. It's reductive. No. Mm-hmm. So my thought is I assume this somehow ties into Nate's overall plan mm-hmm. that he's concocting with Hardison. Yeah. And I don't really know how, obviously, yet. But I feel like this... Move from Sophie has somehow caught him off guard or has disrupted his plan. Yeah. And like, we all know that Nate's a control freak. Mm -hmm. So, like, that was my, I was like, the only reason I can understand him being cross about this, especially because obviously, like, at the moment, they're trying to really sell this, yeah, Portland thing. Yeah. Like, Sophie was the only one really against it. So, having her have a reason to want to be there. Like, that doesn't seem like a bad thing. So I'm like, there is another reason why Nate is mad about this. And it does not get readdressed. Like, we don't see them talk about it after that scene. And you're immediately distracted by, like, all the other stuff that's happening in this episode's plot. Mm -hmm. And I think that's intentional to, like, be like, don't think about it. And I'm like, well, think again. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. I'm just rambling. I don't actually have, like, a concrete theory. I just think Mm -hmm. it's worth putting it out now. So that if it comes back again later, I can be like, oh, okay, and reconnected. No,
0: I think you're making a really interesting point. I just, obviously, I know how the season ends. So
1: yeah, oh, I, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I am
0: cautious that if I say anything here, you I wanna... might give you an indication of how it's going to go. Um, More so that if I just go, yeah, no, no comment. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to mention that, like. You know, obviously it is significant that she noticed the theatre. Like, they're not putting that in there no. for no reason. Like well, like I said, it's not, not I wanna, this is covert. I, I want to be clear here. You're not onto nothing. You know what I mean? Like, you're not reading into something that shouldn't be read into. Oh, is it kind of
1: like the thing where I was like, Elliot's not eating and that's weird?
0: Yeah. Okay. Like, maybe less subtle than that. Okay.
1: Because I was going to say, this feels like a, a really obvious thing, but also yeah. that felt very obvious to me as well. Yeah. Like the Elliot thing. Mm. So... But that's... Okay. Yeah.
0: No, this is definitely something that it's definitely worth...
1: Pointing it out? Pointing
0: it out. I do want to just say, we've got some really, like, ominous lines at the end of the episode. How do you feel about them? How do we So we get specifically, all good things come to an end, and I don't like lying to them. So what do we think that Hardison and Nate are keeping from the rest of the team? Do you have any, like, thoughts,
1: theories? I mean, yes and no. Yes, because we've had some stuff that's kind of been lined up for a little while now. Mm -hmm. And that being that Hardison wants his own crew, Mm -hmm. Hardison wants to run his own jobs. And like, also like I was just saying, like, I think it feels pretty obvious that they're looking to set Nate up for retirement, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that potentially it's going to have something to do with that. Like, Mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily think that that is the whole story because Mm -hmm. there's no real reason for that to be a secret other than like, it probably is, like, upsetting. Like, you, if your favorite co-worker is leaving your work because they found another job, like, that sucks. But is anyone, but,
0: they, like, is Nate is anyone's favorite co-worker? I mean, that wasn't kind of where I was
1: going with that. But, like, you know, like, someone yeah. that you enjoy working with yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's, like, it sucks when they're leaving. But, yeah. like, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Like, you throw them at, like, a retirement party or a going away party or whatever. And then you keep them in the group chats. Like, yeah. you know, that's, they don't die. They're just not hanging out with you every day. And so I think that it feels like that can't be the whole story. Like, it can't just be that Nate's kind of, like, wanting to retire. And also, if that was the case, like, I understand why he'd involve Hardison, but I don't understand why he wouldn't involve Sophie. Mm-hmm. So, like, because Hardison obviously, like, say say Nate is like, right, I've done enough, I want to get out, Whatever. He's like, I want to move to an island somewhere or I want to go to, like, I don't know, like somewhere foreign to Mm -hmm. just chill out and live out the rest of my days where I'm not going to be bothered, right? Yeah, because Hardison will get him new ideas. Hardison can get him the passport. Hardison can set him up remotely, Mm -hmm. you know, with accommodation and, like, whatever, you know? So I get involving Hardison, but I do not understand not involving Sophie if he expects Sophie to go with him, which is why my other thought... Is that Nate is somehow on some kind of like, not necessarily like a suicide mission, but like something that he's like, this is the last job. Mm -hmm. This is the, like, he's like, I, if I take this person down or if I accomplish this, I can either die happy or retire happy. Yeah, Whichever of the two it ends up being, as long as I accomplish this thing. Mm -hmm. Because that is the only reason why I can imagine him not involving the others yeah. is because it would be too dangerous to involve them and he cannot avoid involving Hardison. Yeah. Like,
0: that is the only other thing. Especially- so basically he's got a plan that at the moment requires Hardison's help but doesn't inquire, require anybody else's help. And he wants so he's with working with Hardison to reduce the risk until absolutely he necessary. needs to rope in the rest of the crew, presumably. I'm, I'm assuming you're yeah. not thinking that he's moving towards a job where Hardison, mm-hmm. it's just he's him and Hardison. Hardison, like
1: – I don't think that. What I do think as well is that maybe Nate is preparing Hardison to be his successor mm-hmm. kind of thing, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. I don't necessarily know – like, I I can't imagine a, a realm where, like, Nate leaves and then, like, Elliot, Sophie, and Parker keep working with Hardison mm-hmm. as the new head. Like, yeah. I don't see that, but I can see Nate being like, okay, I've given you the skills. Mm-hmm. I have given you, you know, this credibility. Mm-hmm. Go make your own crew, like take Parker. yeah, you know, kind of thing. And then I would imagine like maybe Elliot or Sophie would be kind of like a Tara where they yeah. might pop in and out, yeah. you know, for odd jobs, but probably wouldn't be like a mm-hmm. a solid component of a new crew. But yeah, like I think I think Nate is up to something, and I understand. Like, the other thing to consider is Hardison. Like, what would make Hardison agree Mm -hmm. to this? And I think that the only reason he would agree to not loop the others in is if it is somehow more dangerous. Like, Mm -hmm. if he would be putting them at risk if he did. Like, especially Parker. Now Mm -hmm. that we know, like, they're official, you know, as it were. To me, the only reason that he would not involve them, even if Nate had asked him Mm
0: -hmm. to not involve them,
1: would be because it would be too dangerous. Yeah, and he does not want. Them it's going to gotta be the
0: right tactical decision to not involve them, and not just because. Yeah, this that I need. Like, it needs to be a tactical decision to not involve the rest of the team, rather than just like a. Yeah, and so that's kind don't of, mention it to it yet. Sort of decision.
1: Yeah, and so like that's kind of where my head is at, and that wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility, considering like we know what Nate's done previously. Like this is not the first time. Yeah, when Nate has been like. Oh, you don't need to know the full plan until mm-hmm. you know. I dean like yeah. that. You should know it. And like, while I'm like, Nate, that's like
0: a bit stupid. It's a bit applies. fucking like,
1: come yeah. on, bro. Like, you're supposed to be a team. You're supposed to have open communication. Like, it is always not a like, it is always dangerous mm-hmm. to not include people. It could also be a case of like, if he gets caught, mm-hmm. and like, obviously, like the people who catch Nate are gonna know about the others. Like, if they were t- t- like taken in for interrogation, yeah, the less they know, the better, kind mm-hmm. of thing. So, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways they could look at it. It depends on how dark they want to go, I suppose, yeah. with the last season. But, yeah. I don't know. Like, and to be fair, they don't give us much. No. My, all of my speculation is just based on, like, character analysis. And where narratively
0: and, it makes sense for the story to be Yeah.
1: Going. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm trying to pick up on, like, patterns, I guess, in the narrative and in the characters and try and pick, you know, where they would want to go. Because, basically, every season has ended with Nate confronting someone or something like either within himself or you know in his life Mm -hmm. and so it would make sense that that would continue in the last season but i feel like they have opened it with him being so kind of zen that i think it's kind of more of a Mm -hmm. like i said before like not a suicide mission necessarily but like also not that not Mm -hmm. not that sorry
0: i'm not i don't know who he
1: would be trying to take down though yeah like i've got no fucking clue
0: I, look, I'm just going to say, just for your own peace of mind, I don't think you're ever going to guess it. I think it's the sort of thing where it would be a hell of a lot easier to guess it if you're watching live. Because oh, it, is, it is very rooted in 2000. Like, it was very rooted in the year that it was made. Like, it is very, it is a reflection of where the world was at that time. What so, year did this come out? I think this was like 2010. Oh, okay. 2011. This was, it is either late 2000s or early 2010s. It was, it's, I well, think, leverage. I can actually, look. I was looking at the next. Yeah, episode. Google, can, oh, tell Google can tell us. Google can tell us. I love the word. Oh, 2012. Oh, this okay. season was airing in 2012. Interesting. So, so it is the sort of thing that it, I don't think you would have ever been able to guess it at the time, but it would have been a hell of a lot easier to guess with the context Social of when it's set. I
1: think the other thing that is unfortunate about, watching things retrospectively is that and this is something that i miss about supernatural being mm-hmm. live and what i really enjoyed about doing stuff with the winchesters is that like it's a collaborative effort to try and figure out yeah. like what's gonna happen like everyone's sharing theories that's one of the reasons i enjoy following like Taylor Swift theories because mm-hmm. it's like everyone's working collaboratively yeah. to try and figure it out everyone's and it's, got
0: their tinfoil hats on yeah and it's just like it's fun mm-hmm. and it's
1: like they're just it's it's not that serious you know no. like it's just silly and fun and like if you're wrong who cares yeah. but if you're right like yes you know the validation <laughs> so like it's harder with retrospect mm-hmm. because like I'm sitting here by myself yeah. trying to work it out you can't give me any indicator one way or another and no one listening can either because theoretically they also already know yeah and like you know, I don't know anyone else who's never seen Leverage, except for people who still have never seen Leverage. <laughs> like, I can't go home and be like, hey, Naomi, what do you think about this? <laughs> She's going to be like, I don't fucking know, Melanie. I don't know. <laughs> so I do I do kind of miss that aspect, I think, of fandom mm. just a little bit. It's also, like, hard now with, like, streaming, like, everything. Like, um, It our all flag... gets dropped in the same day, yeah. so you binge it all in one sitting. Like, our flag means like... death is coming out in the next, like, couple weeks, and we're getting three episodes in one hit. And, like, then they're spacing it out from there. But, like, it's just not the same because it's You can't theorise about individual
0: episodes. You have to... Yeah.
1: Otherwise and you you're don't have... risking
0: spoilers and... And you also don't have mid-season breaks the way mm-hmm.
1: that, you know, bigger shows used to. So you yeah. don't have, like, three or four weeks in between where you're, like, going insane. Like, oh, my God. The hiatus
0: brain. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah. You know. Um. Anyway, that's getting off track.
0: But... No, that's all good. Look, I... Obviously, I cannot... I cannot spoil it. That's kind of the point of this podcast, which is unfortunate because I kind of do wish I could spoil it because, like, and I want to make this clear here. You are not off track. Like, you are not... Yeah, I like, actually
1: feel pretty good about you, like, what I've said. You
0: are certainly pointing to at least aspects that will be addressed. Whether they're addressed in the way you think they're going to address them or not, you are at least highlighting some of the relevant aspects to the way the season goes
1: yeah i mean and in all fairness i'm working with such a little context yeah. like i'm basing this off of like a literally 15 seconds of a 42 minute episode yeah
0: yeah the the final the final scene where they go oh this is all really dark and dramatic and mm-hmm. oop they're keeping a secret from the rest of the team. What are they doing? What are they up to? Like,
1: Yeah, and also, if you want to bring drink theory into it, I know that we normally talk, talk about it in regards mm-hmm. to Nathan and Sterling, but in this instance, like, we have obviously, like, Hardison giving everyone the beer and, like, whatever else. and Yeah, like, LA, it's a mouth crime. Yep. Hilarious <laughs> fucking wine, by the way. Number one, I think it's interesting, actually, I hadn't considered this until I was just going to mention it, but... Elliot spits the beer out. Mm-hmm. Like Sophie, Nate, and Parker. Actually, I don't know if we see Parker drink, but Sophie tries it and is like, mm, it's like Parker's the one serving it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and but Elliot spits it out, and that makes mm-hmm. me wonder if maybe Elliot is going to pick up on whatever Nate and Madison mm-hmm. are doing first. Maybe um, like whether or not like Parker doesn't even realize there's anything amiss. So, like, she's serving it, like, she doesn't even, like, Mm. taste that there's something funky going on. Sophie's like, hmm, I'm suspicious, but Elliot is like, no, something is wrong. Like, that's kind of an interesting...
0: Either that or Parker already knows because Hardison told her and, like...
1: And, like, is lying to Nate. And they're just
0: lying to Nate about it. Yeah, I
1: mean, that's also valid, but, like, I think that that is, like, interesting if they're doing something there. Whether or not they would, but, like, it's worth mentioning in case they are... And then at the end of the episode, you have Nate giving Hardison his drink. Like, because yeah. it starts with Hardison giving them the drink and, like, whatever. But then it ends with Nate giving Hardison his drink.
0: In the fandom, like, I don't think it's spoilery to say that. In the fandom, that moment where Nate gives Hardison a drink is, like, the first real sign of, like, respect. between mm. Because normally, like, drink theory, as you know, is between Sterling yeah. and Nate. And it's it's kind of
1: Nate recognising Hardison as like an equal and a yes. counterpart rather than a subordinate, I guess.
0: and I guess Rather than just as a team member, as someone yeah. who is equal to. equal to him, which is obviously like this is not the only interpretation possible of it. No, but it all. is a really popular within the fandom interpretation of this is the moment where... Hardison is finally Nate's equal. He's essentially graduated. Yeah,
1: like he's got a promotion, kind of. Yeah, yeah. No, I like it. This is
0: this is the moment of Nate putting them on equal footing.
1: I like that a lot, actually, Mm -hmm. and that kind of like works well with my kind of idea that he could be setting up Hardison to be his successor. Yeah, I think. Um, so that's going to be that's going to be interesting to follow. I think over the next few episodes, I want to talk about the brewery just in general. Yeah. My first note when they walked in was, I don't know how I feel about the new location. It's back to feeling kind of corporate, but I do love the exposed brick, wood and high ceilings. Yeah. And then when they like started explaining and I was like, oh, it's a fucking bar. It's a restaurant. It's a brewery. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. And then Elliot having opinions about wine and then beer. I was I was in love with that. Christian Kane. I think, nailed that delivery of that like little monologue that he does about grapes and stuff. I was like, oh, this is excellent. This is pinnacle Elliot to me. Yeah, I really loved it and then by the end of the episode I was like never mind I love the new location
0: (laughs) it's just so perfect and like you can really feel like at this point you know beyond what Hardison has done in terms of like HQs and offices and that in the past like he finally really understands what the team needs and like he always has in sort of like an implicit way Mm -hmm. but this is the first time where it's really obvious of oh, no, like, he has very specifically designed this space to be exactly what the team needs.
1: I genuinely think that this is a natural progression and graduation from Nick's apartment. Nick's apartment? Who the fuck is Nick? Nate's apartment. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just creating new characters now. Mm, Meet my OC, Nick. Nate's secret twin brother. No, so if you think about, like, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right, and for anyone who's unfamiliar, basically, if you imagine a pyramid... And like the bottom level of the pyramid is like one essential like human need. And then as you go up the pyramid, you get like different needs. Basically, the top section of that pyramid is self-actualization. And it's basically this point uh, in the theory where like people who have achieved all of the basic needs from the pyramid from the base up to that tippy top bit are at a point where they are able to actually give back. To society and help other people reach their needs but for example like if you are somewhere on the pyramid where you don't have access to a basic need like shelter or food or community or like one of the others you are unable to fully self-actualize and therefore you find it harder to give back to yourself and everyone else in sight. I feel like you can look at the Leverage HQ as a progression up the hierarchy that Maslow designed Because if you think about even just in this location and the previous location, like they went to Nate's apartment and I was saying how much I love it because it's like a family vibe. They're helping each other. They're comfortable with each other. They're feeding each other literally in Nate's kitchen. Mm -hmm. And now... Nate has like become centered with himself and with Sophie like and everyone else has like come to this understanding of who they are as a team but also as individuals and now they have self-actualized and now they're not just feeding each other they are feeding the community like they literally have a bar and restaurant like they've always been helping the community in one way but now they are literally feeding them like not only are they feeding individuals who come to them for help they are feeding the economy they are feeding the social culture they are feeding everyone. And I love that and like I don't think they necessarily intended for this to be the way that it was interpreted but it is the way that I've interpreted and I adore it. I just think it's so interesting and I would kind of love to go back over the seasons and look more closely at each of their individual HQs and see if I could find more thematics that work into this But I really love this idea that season five is actually just the self-actualization season. Mm -hmm. Like, I've had, like, a theory for ages that, like, each season is, like, a character. I feel like this season is not only going to be... Essentially, I guess... I can't really remember. Last season, did we end up saying that that was, like, the Hardison season or the Parker season? In my
0: brain, it's the Hardison season. There is not really, like, you... It's not as clear-cut as the other season. Like. Season one is Nate's season. Yes, absolutely. Season two is Sophie. Season three Three is is Elliot. Elliot. Season four for me is Hardison because he does get his whole plot line around... You know stepping up to the plate and like what it means to be a leader of the team and what it means to run his own crew yeah. and all of those sort of things. So for me, season four is Hardison's season, which, which would
1: mean that this would be Parker's Parker season, which honestly that also makes sense because Parker is maybe the character who started off the most walled off mm-hmm. and yep. the, like she had the thickest walls mm-hmm. essentially. And so it would make sense that if this is her season, then this is the season where she, as well as everyone else, like finds herself in a position where she feels safe and feels comfortable and feels like all of her needs are being met to a point where she can grow yeah you know and so like i don't know i'm talking kind of just in circles yeah mostly because i'm spitballing but Mm -hmm. also just because it is so interesting to me like i think that that as a concept and as like a meta point like, it's just such a fascinating
0: direction for them to have gone. So we should probably actually talk about the main plot of this episode, which is oh, not... Do we have to? Which is <laughs> not the <laughs> we have to? In, inter, inter- <laughs> inter-team, though the inter-team is so integral to this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get uh, we get someone who's way too famous for leverage. On leverage, we get Carrie Ewells, who, of course, is known as Wesley and the Pre- Princess Bride. Uh, how did you feel about the villain this week? How did you feel about the the big bird?
1: I've got to be real. I was very confused. Not because of the plot. The plot was actually very straightforward Mm -hmm. this episode. But just like his point just didn't make any fucking sense to me. Like he has a point where he says what a great man can do when little people get out of his way. Which first of all, fucking shut up. Ew, that's foul. I hate that. But number two his fucking greatest hero is some fucking guy who designed this monolith plane, yeah. right? And like, fair enough, that is like a feat of construction, mm-hmm. like, you know, props for that. But refused to work with any organisation to actually make it viable for any kind of commercial oh, Because then the
0: government would because have control.
1: Because then the government would have, like, safety regulations, <laughs> like, God for a fucking bid. But also, he's like, this is it. He's talking about progress, and he's talking about how, like, great men move forward, blah, 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 in, like, innovation, whatever the fuck. But then, he's like, he built the plane. Mm -hmm. He flew it once. And then he put it in a shed. (laughs) Like, where, at what point are you innovating anything? At what point are you progressing society in any way? You built a plane, you were like, nah, fuck safety regulations, actually, I do what I want. I'm gonna fly this to prove a point, and then put it in a shed forever. (laughs) like how is that how is this guy your hero like what you're saying you admire about him makes no fucking sense (laughs) like i just i was just confused the whole time like what was this man's drive like he was like i'm so inspired by this individual here's everything about his life and his life's work and it's like he also just had no fucking Concept of like, he just wasn't tracking the facts. Yeah. It's like he fully believed one thing whilst convincing me of another thing, and I don't know how he managed to do it. The cognitive dissonance is real.
0: (laughs) What I will say though, in terms of like moments in this episode that just did not make sense to me, Mm -hmm. the one moment that I can never get over with this episode Mm. is specifically when they're breaking into like the company and they're trying to find any evidence yeah and you know you've got sophie doing the fantastic australian accent oh my god
1: the switch she immediately mm-hmm. immediately not a moment's
0: hesitation no she really went for it but we get the scene directly after that where sophie's kind of like breaking in and getting into all that way and parker's in the server room mm-hmm. and as she's already climbing over things clearly not touching the floor hardison is like the floor has got sensors it's never made sense to me. This is the sort of information that you give to your team before up front before they're in the fucking room. Yeah. Like, I understand that it's exposition for the audience. audience. It's fucking stupid is what it is. <laughs> There's no way in hell that Parker didn't know those even if that been floor like was a don't forget.
1: Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Then, then sure.
0: Because then you could have like a classic Parker retort of like, I never forget.
1: Yeah. Like, exactly. you know what I mean? Like,
0: It's the same as, like, oh, like, have some, like, good luck. It's like, what, you think I need luck? Mm -hmm. Like, you could have the same thing, but, like, mm, do you really (laughs) have to remind me? You think I have to touch the floor?
1: (laughs) Like, yeah, exactly. I actually didn't pick up on that because I was so distracted by how fucking cool Parker looks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Going between the server, like, columns. Fucking amazing. Like, sometimes they do things Mm -hmm. with, like, their... Like movements when like flipping through fucking lasers or whatever and I'm like yeah okay sure like whatever it's television Mm -hmm. but this I was like oh I could I believe that someone Mm -hmm. with this like with enough ability could actually feasibly do this like honestly I feel like with enough training like most people could probably reach this level well I'm I'm pretty (laughs) you're very baby giraffe I'm really a uh, safety hazard (laughs) so But, like, I think that there's, like, a reasonable amount of people who could probably learn to do this. Maybe not the, like, way she shimmies down at, like, upside down. But definitely being able to brace yourself with your legs and your back Mm -hmm. between the two. I'm like, yeah, I think that that's, like, an achievable goal for, like, a fair amount of people. Like, any gymnast could have done that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's really, really cool that they did it that way. I have another couple of points. I want to talk about Sophie. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about Sophie, specifically Sophie and her Australian accent. And, look, we've talked about before. Like, Gina Bellman is a Kiwi-like... Yeah. She's actually
0: pretty, pretty she's well, well set up to be able to do an Aussie accent. Yeah, yeah. She's pretty well
1: like got the Aussie accent. Like it's, we've talked about this before. It's, it's very much like an East coast Australian mm-hmm. accent, but she's got it. It's passable. you know, kudos by kudos is due. What I will say is that when she walks into the board meeting, she like makes a point of ducking her head mm-hmm. to a couple of random people and just going, g'day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, number one, you just blew your cover yeah no one
0: <laughs> no <laughs> you know like... what though i don't think it would have you know what i think the australians think it's an american putting on an australian accent to try and ingratiate oh my themselves
1: God. literally like it's like the whole throw a shrimp on the barbie thing it's mm-hmm. just like no one like people say g'day mm-hmm. but not in that context no and, and g'day not... is
0: not formal enough for that context no
1: no like that's not that's culturally just not it like g'day is not for business partners Mm -hmm. g'day is for someone that you've just spotted at Woolies who you haven't seen for six months Mm -hmm. but you're on friendly terms with and you don't really want to stop for a full conversation it's oh g'day mate and then you are fucking going (laughs) I went
0: to high school with you and you were one of the few people who didn't believe me relentlessly but we weren't friends
1: yeah So you just, you smile and go, oh, good day, mate. How are you? And they go, oh, yeah, pretty good. And you go, oh, yeah, great. And then you keep fucking walking. (laughs) Either that or it's like someone you've known forever and you're like, you Mm -hmm. know, having a bit of a a gas bag. But anyway, point is, I was like, she's immediately added herself to any Australian that she is a fake.
0: <laughs> but no, I reckon if I was part of I reckon it, I would just think it was like an American trying to like... Yeah, like talking shit. Yeah. Yeah, so
1: would I. I would think they were bullying me. Yeah. I
0: would be like, get fucked.
1: <laughs> My first note of the episode was why is the daughter filming this? It feels like a weird mm-hmm. choice. And I stand by that, because I don't think that the daughter filming, like, ended up Mm -hmm. being plot-relevant, like, at all. Like, it wasn't about anything that she had caught on camera. It was, like, her dad had caught Mm -hmm. on camera. Like, she was only relevant because the camera was in the bed, which also... Weird. Like, I feel like this must be like an American thing because I reckon they also had this at some point in Supernatural. And like, I'm pretty. Oh no, do you know what? I'm pretty sure I've seen it used in like Bones
0: or Castle yeah. or something.
1: And I was like, that is so weird. Why the fuck would you have a camera hidden in a bear to spy on someone? Like, ew
0: Because you don't trust what the nanny's doing. Well, like, okay. Or well, the baby. Maybe hire
1: someone you fucking trust to watch your child. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, why the fuck would you hire someone <laughs> and then be like, mm, but I better surveil you? Like, what are you? Just hire someone you fucking trust. Like,
0: Jesus. I just, personally... Maybe babysitter culture is different in America. I mean, maybe. Because, like, babysitter culture in Australia is like, oh, I have a friend with a teenage daughter, so...
1: Yeah, like, I was the babysitter. Yeah, same here. I was like, I just put the kids to bed at 6pm and then did uni work until 1am when their parents got home. And I was like, alright, thanks, bye. Like...
0: Give me my money, I shall leave. Like, Yeah, exactly. mm, And it was always, like, my parents' friends' kids that I was watching. Mm. Like, you know, I don't watch... Look, I think this may just be a cultural thing, but I will say I do love the choice simply because we get the line from Elliot where he's just so, he's like, give (laughs) me the bear. Yeah. Like, I am a terrifying serial killer (laughs) of a hitman who used to have dignity and now I'm fighting over a fucking teddy bear.
1: (laughs) And I love it for him. I also think that it's so fucking stupid that we're in season five now. Mm -hmm. They've been doing this for a hot minute. Mm -hmm. And yet, they're still talking so loudly (laughs) without being at all covert. Just into the air in public when they're supposed to be sneaky communicating with the people on the comms. Like, both Sophie and Nate had absolutely horrendously egregious moments of this in this episode. And I was like, guys... How have you not learned in five fucking seasons to just not be so fucking suspicious? It like, and I get that they've never had a consequence Mm -hmm. to it because like no one in show has ever been like, hey, why are you talking out loud to yourself really weirdly in an accent that's different to the one you've been speaking to me in? Right? but like they literally is walking around in a museum where it's literally only him and the mark he is standing maybe two meters away and he fully says out loud like, yeah, he's just kind of walking around, like <laughs> It's just, it's something that will always frustrate me because like in a show where they're so good at like all of the little nitty gritty details for some reason they were like, yeah, don't worry about that. Like. <laughs> What a weird moment to just drop the ball, you know?
0: I just want to point out that they specifically point out, well, Nate specifically points out one of the reasons why a restaurant is great is because of high staff turnout. And I would just like to say for a record, that's because working food and hospitality is fucking hell.
1: Yeah, it's not great. It's not great.
0: <laughs> it's not great.
1: Oh, I also, I love, love, love that when they start up the plane, like when they're doing that little display... Mm. The guy who announces it holds out the microphone to the plane as if it fucking needs it. It's so funny. Like, I think he's just turning to gesture to be like, and like now, you know, after 70 years or whatever. Let's hear her roar. Let's hear her roar. And he like turns around, but he turns around with the microphone as if...
0: (laughs) As if the plane isn't already definitely loud. Like... So,
1: so funny. It just feels so silly. (laughs) It just seems so silly. Like, I can't think of, like, an equivalent mm-hmm. silly thing to do. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. Like, it feels like holding out a toothbrush to a great white shark. Like, it doesn't need that. <laughs> you know? Like, what are you doing?
0: I also just love the fact that, you know, Hardison's like, here's this information for the we're running. And then Elliot's like, no, this is a menu. He's like, oops. <gasps> It's a menu. I
1: know. Hardison being like, oh, I've just, I just didn't mean to send that. Like, oops, my bad. Sorry, man. And then Elliot immediately having opinions about it. I'm like, yes, babe, he is trapping you. (laughs) And you are letting him. Because I also think that Elliot is fully aware of what Hardison is doing, but he like kind of wants it. Mm -hmm. So he's like, he's letting it happen. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm obsessed with it. Oh, also him teaching the, like, little knife skills (laughs) to the girl at the end. I did love that. I did have a moment where I was like, this is silly. Mm -hmm. This episode.
0: It's leverage. It's got to be silly. That's the whole point of leverage. Just let it be silly for a minute.
1: Parker being underneath the moving car. Number one, how the fuck did she get under the car? The car didn't stop moving. She's an icon. Next. How the fuck? Number two... just no <laughs> like I'm sorry I I really liked this episode but I detested that scene because I was like guys you put so much effort into making this believable like the whole thing where she's like scooching down the columns that I complimented before and like all this stuff like even the projection bit at the end with the plane and they convince him that he's crashed I was like that's reaching a mm-hmm. bit but I can see all of the elements that you've incorporated yeah. to like make him feel like it's moving make him feel like, like yeah. they're doing the audio and that can be very convincing
0: like audio and they have specific- specifically rigged hydraulics under the plane yeah like, the i'm pla- like
1: okay we can see how it all works together and even though it's like very far-fetched and like probably in a real life scenario wouldn't work it is television and we can suspend belief
0: but the fucking yeah. under the moving van thing i was like guys come on like the plane crashing thing is the sort of thing where it's like i feel like if you were just like oh i'm gonna go on this fun like plane ride it probably wouldn't convince you but the fact that he is like panicked and he's yeah. panic, like he's not rationally thinking no,
1: like and like i've been in a mm-hmm. simulator of like a plane crash before yeah and i can tell you even knowing that it was a simulation of a plane crash it was still believable and scary right But, yeah, so I can understand how, even though it seems ridiculous, and I do think that, like, it would never have worked in real life, like, I can understand how it is plausible. It's, like, the kind of thing where if you were playing Dungeons & Dragons, you'd have to roll a natural 20 and have a plus 8, and then it might work, you know? But I think that... It's fascinating to me that as a creative choice, they were like, yeah, we'll we'll show you how we're going to make this very convoluted thing with a plane work. But you can just figure out yourself, audience, how Parker managed to not only catch up to a moving Mm. vehicle, but also shimmy underneath it and grab on and not hit her head on anything and burn her fucking hands off. Like, it just seems like such a weird thing for them to do when they put so much effort into explaining how something else works in the same episode. You know, I don't know. It's just a leverage thing.
0: That's okay. I'm nitpicking, but... Let's move on to one of my favourite lines of the episode. And it's not so much the line as the delivery. Mm -hmm. We get Hardison in full costume, in full character going, get in the car, get Mm -hmm. in the car, get in the car. Iconic.
1: I know, I love it. I love that last little higher-pitched one because he's just like, Nate, don't fucking argue with me right now. Just get in the fucking car. Like, Like, this
0: con works better if you don't question my authority. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) Like... You know that I'm not going to shoot you, but he doesn't. So get in the fucking car. <laughs> also, I want to make a quick note that the mark in this episode is literally, like, n- normally when they take someone down and, like, they convince them that, like, something's happened and then it's sort of, they convince everyone around the person that that person is insane. In this episode, I think that the guy was low-key kind of insane by himself. Like, I don't think they had to do that much to frame him mm-hmm. as just being a being bad deluded. dude. deluded. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, not even being a bad dude. Yeah. Just being fully delusional. Yeah. Like, I think that that's interesting. Because, like, he fully was like, yeah, I'll just fly this plane. Mm-hmm. I'll just do that. Yeah. That's a thing I could do. Like, I, anyway, and then believe that he was doing it. I think yeah. that, honestly, like, beyond everything else that they did mm-hmm. to, like, convince him he was flying, the fact that he was willing to believe that he was doing it, yeah. I think is actually the thing that is the least believable to me. Because... Well, to I be fair, he was, he was a
0: pilot before he was a CEO, so he knows how to fly a plane. That's valid. But like, and he knows that the... This isn't just
1: any plane, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I had one other point. Actually, two other points. Number one, Nate, I swear to God, always seems to get shot in the same place. Like, it doesn't matter if it's a fake yeah. bullet wound or not. He always gets shot, mm-hmm. like, somewhere in his side, somewhere, like, where his suit jacket covers. And I get yeah. this it's for television, but it's just really funny to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like... His liver must just be absolutely riddled with shrapnel (laughs) at this point. And number two, I don't understand how the Marx security people did not hear Sophie's gunshots going off. Like, it's a giant tin shed. (laughs) They heard it, (laughs) but, like, they don't react. They're like, where is he? I'm like, do you think it's maybe where the gunshots are coming from, guys?
0: But I do love Sophie's character this week because it is awfully close to Annie Croy and I am a simp for Annie Croy. Like... Annie Cory, in my opinion, is Sophie's best alias.
1: I like any time she has to do an Australian accent. So <laughs>
0: so the two minutes this week were like... Yeah,
1: I just think it was really funny when she said g'day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's either for someone you've never met or someone you know really well. Yeah. There's no middle ground and also it's not for a boardroom. No. <laughs> Unless that boardroom is like mm. rural, which is unlikely. Anyway, I think that's all my notes.
0: I think that's also all of my notes. So I think with that, how would you rate this episode out of five?
1: I think it was really strong, actually. I'm going to give it a four and a half.
0: Ooh! I was having a wonderful
1: time the whole time. I did not give a single shit about the actual con they were running. No, I couldn't it's not have cared about the less. con.
0: It's about them re-establishing where they are this season yeah. and that sort of stuff. Hence why it's like it's a simpler con. It's not...
1: Yeah, I'm really excited because of what it looks like they're setting up. Mm -hmm. And whether or not I'm right about it, I don't really care at this point because I'm not basing my rating on what they actually do with the season. I'm basing it on what I think they're going to do and what I think they've set up here. And I am loving what they're setting up here. I think Mm -hmm. that it's fantastic um, in the sense of making, like, as a narrative, I think it makes cohesive sense. And that's really, you know, nice. I think that for each of the individual characters, it makes cohesive sense. And I think for the characters who are paired off, it also makes cohesive sense. I think they very effectively in the last couple of seconds gave you something to be thinking about in the back of your mind as an undercurrent for the season, which um, is fascinating and I'm excited to see where they go with it. And I also think that the general vibe of the episode was just very fun. I think it was a really strong season opener. I actually think maybe it is the strongest season opener Mm. that we've had of the show. I certainly actually like thinking back on the season openers that we've had
0: it didn't have CGI like the Bean Town Yeah, it, I
1: actually I actually think this is my favourite season opener. Ooh. Like we all know that I didn't mm. like the pilot. No. But of the other three, like yeah. I think this is defi- it's definitely stronger than I think than the opening of season four. Mm. And I'm gonna be honest, I really don't remember that much about the openers of season two or three. So Two is
0: the one where they meet Bonanno and there's the really terrible special effects. Oh so, and yeah. And three is what is three?
1: Hang on, let me look at my notes.
0: Oh, the jail job!
1: Oh, yeah, breaking out of prison. I think that I think that this is the strongest, followed by the the jailbreak, which we
0: fully forgot. Which about. we
1: fully forgot. So I think that that proves my point. Mm-hmm. This is by far the best season opener, and I love that for for us and for them. Yeah, I'm very excited about the rest of the season.
0: No, that's all good. All right, lovely. The next episode is called the Blue Line job. What do you think it's about? Oh, the Blue Line.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think about what like blue typically symbolizes if you were looking at like a map or something like it could maybe be a river um it could also be like i don't know i'm imagining like crime scene tape but i can't Mm -hmm. think of like a blue like because usually they're like yellow or red or you know some kind of Mm -hmm. bright color from that end of the spectrum i can't really think about
0: blue blue line
1: i don't know it could also be we don't really have like a metro system here Mm -hmm. the way that europe or america does but i think there's also like color differentiations with certain tracks yeah. like i'm thinking about when we we're in france and like yeah. using the metro system there and so that there were like different like blue track or red track or whatever so mm-hmm. that could maybe be a thing like maybe it's like a train mm-hmm. like related to a train or something that could be interesting and so like the blue line is like literally like the blue line like of mm-hmm. the track yeah i think that's gonna be my guess because i'm not sure what else it could be relating to
0: all right lovely Well, thank you so much for joining us today. If you want to interact with us at all, you can find us on various social media platforms. All of the links will be in the description below. Feel free to interact with us about literally anything, but suggested conversation topics do include.
1: How do you feel about the openers? Yeah. I've seen all five of them now. So what are your favourites? You can rank. Yeah, let me know. I know that I'm sure more people like the pilot than (laughs) I do, but like I'd be interested to see. Well, I
0: really like season four. Season four is probably my favourite. That's really interesting to me because
1: I would rank that like third at best. Yeah. Like, I think, honestly, it probably comes, like, goes in fourth. Yeah. I really didn't fourth? love the season you You're lot.
0: ranking Bingtown Bailout over
1: it? Yeah, I think so. Like, to be fair, it's been a while since I watched either of them, but mm-hmm. I remember just not really vibing with the opener of season four. Mm. So, I mean, I could be wrong. Like I said, I haven't revisited it. Mm. But, yeah, I'd be interested. What's everyone's ranking of the, the season openers?
0: Oh, what are you, what's your favourite implication of the new the new layout, the new the new layer we've now got all all of the layers that we're going to get we've got all of the headquarters that we're going to get for this show rank
1: them too rank Rank them too like what's what's
0: your favorite do you like nate's apartment which to be fair we do get it's not a spoiler we get nate's apartment for the longest period of time yeah because season one is we only have
1: one more season so it's kind of like a null point
0: it's a null point at this point but like how do you feel about them
1: I also kind of want to know, do we get confirmed? Like, obviously, Nate's place is, like, they can't use it as a headquarters anymore. Yeah. But is he still fucking living there? Because but it's, like, it's still called Nate's apartment. <laughs> like, I like- would
0: assume not because Nate's apartment is in Boston. Mm, okay. So, they're yeah, currently in they Port- They've moved city. Okay. Yeah. So, does Harrison still own the building? Yeah. <laughs> that, that was what I would... Yeah. Because he did, in fact, buy the building. Mm. So,
1: imagine trying to rent that out because they knocked four walls
0: down in there. hmm All right, lovely. Well, thank you so much for listening today. Please have a lovely morning, evening, afternoon, night, lunch, brunch, 4 a.m., 2 a.m., whatever time of the day, and all night. Thank you and goodbye. Bye. Oof, I'm out of practice with that one, aren't I? Yeah, I I was going
1: to say, that was a a new little twist for the new season. (laughs) Thank you and good night.